This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Governor J.B. Pritzker says Illinois could fully reopen as soon as June 11th. And to get there, the state is moving into the so-called bridge phase next Friday. This means higher capacity limits and a very hopeful move toward full reopening. Meanwhile, Chicago is welcoming back festivals this month. Fully vaccinated people are able to attend a series of concerts held by the city starting May 22nd. So what do we need to know as COVID restrictions loosen up? Here to help us answer that question and more is infectious disease specialist Dr. Mia Teramina from the DuPage Medical Group. Dr. Teramina, welcome back. Hey, Susie. Great to be here. Dr. Termina, let's start with Governor Pritzker's reopening plan. Um, Illinois is moving forward into this bridge phase. Uh, What does that mean and, and how did we get here? You know, we basically got here from stringing together a a series of many, many days where we're seeing a nice downtrend on case numbers and hospitalizations and, you know, having a rolling positivity rate that's down in that 3% range is getting us to a place where, uh, you know, we, we can weigh the risks and benefits of having further reopening. And it's been rather exciting and encouraging to see that our numbers have stayed in such a way that, that we are moving towards more flexibility in what we're able to do uh, and what we're able to experience as Chicagoans and as Illinoisans uh, through the rest of the summer. Mm-hmm. We're still on that work from home life. I get it, Dr. Teramina. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> um, well, well, the governor has marked June 11th as um, the, the possible reopening date. Uh, Mayor Lightfoot uh, gave July 4th for Chicago. What do you make of those dates? I think they're reasonable. Um, We are definitely at a point where every adult in Illinois who would like to be vaccinated can be vaccinated. We have the capacity to walk in and get vaccines um, nearly on a daily basis, on a same-day basis for so many people. And the effort is really encouraging uh, towards pushing towards getting vaccines to homebound individuals and people that are in more remote areas. And as we have that, out of these opportunities, like dining out and like going to an outdoor event or concert or sporting event uh, are becoming very much a reality. And I'm, I'm looking forward to expanding the capacity to do that. Well, uh, you know, with these restrictions lifting, um, as you mentioned, more people allowed indoors and, and more of these outdoor events, do you think it is safe enough to host these live events? I think that there's going to be situations where a vaccine passport, so to speak, or documentation of being fully vaccinated is really going to be, for the time being, what is needed in some ways in order to have the safest possible large events. And, I, you know, that's that's easier said than done. It's, it's challenging to implement, but we are moving towards 
the ability to have our fully vaccinated status afford us uh, the opportunity to have these experiences. If you are not fully vaccinated and these experiences are indeed open to all, uh, we have to look at the risks and benefits here. And this is where mask wearing and social distancing still come into play. Even as a fully vaccinated individual right now, I don't feel comfortable being in very close contact in large crowds without being masked because we do have that small percentage and possibility of still transmitting virus and still getting sick. So we have to be reasonable about the, the sizes of these crowds, the sizes of these events, who's vaccinated and who's not uh, as we move forward. Well, we saw last summer with um, some, of, some of the relaxed restrictions, um, you know, that, that followed with a surge in cases. How might that be different this summer with um, further relaxed restrictions? Um, are, are we at risk of a surge in cases um, or, or is it a, a bad, better outlook with um, the vaccinations? I'd really like to be optimistic here. And I think that a couple of factors, a lot of the instances and some of the case counts going up have been in our younger folks. And we now have that more expanded access as of, you know, April and now into May, where anyone can receive a vaccine, which is great. Plus, we've allowed our, you know, our 16 and 17 year olds to get vaccinated more readily. And starting next week, the hope is, is after the 12th of May, that we will go ahead and be able to vaccinate 12 to 15 year olds as well. And with that, it's just another increased percentage of our population and of the folks that are getting exposed and, and testing positive. And it's going to continue to drive the ability to have these bigger crowds with these younger folks. So I'm hopeful and optimistic we will don't see these sort of little mini surges and waves. If and when we do, I very much think that they're going to be with uh, these variant strains because our vaccines are very, very good at protecting against the major circulating strains and a significant portion of the variants that are out there. But eventually, if we can't outpace the mutations with a vaccine, then we will see clusters of infections. Yeah. Now, Doctor, you mentioned um, that maybe as soon as next week, uh, 12 to 15-year-olds could potentially be vaccinated. What do we know so far about that? Um, is the protection the same amount as, as what we've been told for adults? It's very good. Um, these younger folks are actually um, showing responses to vaccine that are possibly even more robust than what we're seeing in adults, and the side effects are very um, similar. So we are seeing nearly 100% uh, efficacy in, in the prevention of severe COVID disease, which is just you know fantastic and exactly what we want. And you know we knew that Pfizer had applied for 12 to 15 year olds to receive the vaccine, and we're waiting on this timeline. And the fact that it's it's really coming as soon as next week. Once emergency use authorization is granted, we have all the infrastructure in place already mm -hmm. with you know sites all over the state, all over the country administering Pfizer vaccine. And it'll be essentially like the flip of a switch to be able to make appointments for 12 to 15 year olds to go ahead and get in line as well. Mm -hmm. So I don't think there's going to be a tremendous delay in 12 to 15 year olds who are uh, desiring to receive the vaccine and whose parents are desiring for them to receive the vaccine. I think it'll be pretty, uh, pretty quick that that most will be able to receive it. And we're going to have, you know, fully vaccinated 12 to 15 year olds by, you know, early summer months, which is great. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, let's let's turn to the phones. We've got Tom in Ravenswood. Tom, what's your question for the doctor? Hi, um, I'm 73 years old and uh, I haven't had a haircut for a year because of COVID fears. And I'm wondering now that I'm fully vaccinated, 
um, can I go to the neighborhood barber and get all those hair cut off? And uh, if so, um, what precautions I should take? That's a great question. I think the fact that you are fully vaccinated is the best protection you can have for yourself. So even if you went out and about uh, to a facility like a barber shop and there happened to be someone who was COVID infected while you were there, uh, the reality is your chances of getting COVID are very slim. And a barber shop type uh, location is still going to be requiring masks for all. So having the individual who may be at that barber shop who may be contagious being masked is going to dramatically decrease the chance that they're able to spread the virus to you. So I think that this is a very safe activity at this point, and the hope would be that uh, the adults at the barbershop, including those providing the services to the community, have also uh, been fully vaccinated as well, and uh, this would be a great time to go get a summer haircut. Definitely. No more no more homemade haircuts. Um, doctor, the demand for vaccines has has been going down uh, leaving a lot of empty appointments and unused vaccines. Um, daily administration rates are, are also slipping. What's going on there, and, and what does that say about reaching herd immunity? Well, it's a it's a challenging conversation, and we, we certainly are seeing even from higher-ups like Dr. Fauci that uh, herd immunity may not be achievable, and that's really, really disappointing. When we talk about achieving herd immunity and putting this uh, pandemic uh, behind us completely, if we cannot achieve herd immunity because we still have a significant portion of the population that is just not uh, desiring vaccine and unwilling to receive vaccine, what effectively happens is those of us that are fully vaccinated are going to reach the point of a time and need for boosters before folks that are unvaccinated have ever received a vaccine. And when that happens, we then have a scenario where we are continuing to update um, our vaccines in order to protect against potentially circulating variants. And that's where we lead to booster shots, potentially seasonally or annually, uh, as a means of, of managing you know, epidemic strains as they come up. Yeah. Essentially, we have a, a, a seasonal uh, illness where we have accepted as a society that a certain portion are going to get every year and a certain portion are going to die from it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's where this is likely headed. Yeah. Well, uh, we, we have less than two minutes here, so I want to uh, squeeze in a last call. Martin in Andersonville um, has a question for you. Martin, what's your question for the doctor? My son had the J&J &J because that was the only one available to him. Is there any big advantage in him trying to get the Moderna or the Pfizer now, since so many vaccines are available, to go from the 75% protection of J&J &J to the 93 or 94% protection of the other two and to cover more of the variants. Mm -hmm. Doctor, uh, we've got about a minute left. Yep, that's a great question. At this point, no matter what vaccine you have received, there's no indication for additional doses of any other vaccine. So a person who's received a single dose of J&J &J is regarded as being fully vaccinated and fully immune. And again, remember, all of these vaccines are nearly 100% effective at uh, preventing severe hospitalizations and death. So there's no reason to get uh, another vaccine. And in fact, uh, they should not receive another vaccine. Uh, and you should not attempt to do so at this point. We will look forward to updates as to when and if we booster and uh, what exact um, uh, booster doses we'll be receiving, at which point we might be crossing over between different companies as needed. That's Dr. Mia Teramina, infectious disease specialist from the DuPage Medical Group. Dr. Teramina, thank you for joining us as always. Thanks, Susie. Thanks for listening to Reset. 
Want more context on the top issues of the day? The latest on how coronavirus is impacting our region? News roundups every Friday with the city's best reporters. Find the podcast WBEZ's Reset wherever you listen. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.